Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. Uh, my name is Angel. And I'm your bestest friend, Javi. <laughs> and uh, this is kind of neat. This is the first time in several episodes that we're actually in the same place again. I know. We've done a couple remote ones, so it's nice to come back and chill in the stew with you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you might remember, if you followed us on Instagram, that uh, several months ago when the teaser trailer first came out for child's play 2019 uh, i posted it i mostly just did it as a repost to see how our audience or followers would react to it but i think it was a foregone conclusion that we were once the movie came out we were going to get to it yeah sooner or later and angel and i didn't have anything lined up for this week so we figured why not and here we are <laughs> interestingly enough i feel like this is a movie that despite the fact that there was a lot of buzz when the first trailer came out I still feel like it kind of snuck up on me. And you know what? It did not really have... Uh, it didn't really help that it snuck in at the same weekend as Toy Story 4. But completely, like, using that to their advantage, it was really cool that the social mar- or the, the marketing department decided to incorporate Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4 came out last week. Uh, I think last week as well, right? The same day? The same day as Child's Play? Was I thought, it came yeah. out the week before? No, I think they came out the same, same day. day. Yeah. yeah, so we got Toy Story 4, we got Child's Play, and then this upcoming weekend is Annabelle Comes Home. That's right. So it's a lot of creepy doll games. Dolls, or, are, dolls are making a comeback in 2019 horror. So. It's 2019 doll season. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I, I'd love to find out, because I do know that Pixar did make a reference to The Shining in the original Toy Story. I really wonder if the choice to have the main character's name be Andy in Toy Story is not a reference to this. To Andy Barclay from... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Andy just sounds like a very generic name, like kid name period. I think it's because Toy Story has become such a big franchise now at this point that the fact that the movie is going to revolve around a boy named Andy with his toy that is supposedly his best friend there's just no way that you don't think about like i I thought about toy story a lot it's so yeah it's so weird i think with this movie specifically it because the running theme of something you know it's the running theme of friendship and also like something getting sentient right and learning to feel and it's like you get those two themes running along two movies, but they go in two totally different directions between Toy Story and Child's Play. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, experience in the theater. I will admit, this is the first movie that I've ever gone to a movie theater to watch by myself. Now, my first movie I went to go watch by myself was fucking Endgame, and I was there for like three and a half hours. <laughs> so I looked even more like a loser. What was your experience going by yourself? Um, it was a very small theater house, mm-hmm. and this movie is, I feel like it's going to be one of those that just kind of comes and goes, because it, there's not a lot of show times for it, and all the theaters like nearby are playing them like in the smallest, like, yeah, in the smallest, yeah. like... Uh, room so um but it was full the showing that i was in was full it was mm-hmm. uh five after five o'clock in the afternoon a lot of people getting off of work and and go in there and 
it's I wasn't the only person who was there alone, uh, interestingly enough, so I didn't feel too bad about it. There's a lot of people in trench coats <laughs> making not making eye contact. Well, it's also summer. Nah, there's... So there was a lot of just, like, teens at movies. Oh, fucking A. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Holy shit. I guess I might as well start on that. Alright. So I went literally the day before. You know, I wanted to go watch it yesterday. And I, and completely on a whim, I just hit up my friend and was like, Hey, I'm trying to go watch Child's Play Down. And so I, he usually goes with his girlfriend. I usually go with my girlfriend. It just so happened that our girlfriends do not like scary dull movies. Okay. So me and my buddy went, right? And yeah, we we went, we sat, and it was pretty cool. Uh, we sat through the previews, no problem, right? I think maybe halfway through the movie, I realized we started. We were sitting next to teenage edge lords, and not unlike the teenage edge lords of uh, you know the main characters of the film, <laughs> but they were just like laughing a little bit too hard at like the bits of uh, the bits of like random violence and gratuitous gore in the in the movie and i was just like i had a okay i had like an angry old man angry old man shouts at the cloud moment and i was like it sounds like it yeah i was just like shut up you kids (laughs) and i didn't realize i finally became that which i hated which was like old people that get mad at kids for being (laughs) kids uh, my wife decided to, uh, she had no interest in seeing this movie also, mm-hmm. but she decided that it'd be a good idea to scare me before I watched it. So she was telling me uh, while I was talking to her on the phone, oh, uh, don't be surprised if you see like a little person or figure running across in the dark movie theater while you're watching this. And it's like, why would you say that? Yeah. <laughs> why would you say that right before I'm about to watch this? I know, I can't wait till I teach your daughter the 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 buddy song. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just and then my goddaughter just wakes up in the middle of the night and just starts singing it at you. Um You are my buddy. No! <laughs> What's your experience with the Chucky franchise? Uh I watched it as a kid. Surprisingly, I watched a good amount of these Chucky movies. Uh I watched Child's Play when I was like eight. <laughs> The greatest time to watch the Child's Play movies. But yeah, that's when I started watching them. And I vaguely remember 2 and 3. And then I remember watching Bride of Chucky. And then there was nothing and it goes quiet, right? So I think Bride of Chucky comes out when I'm like, I don't know, 4th or 5th grade or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I think that's when I'm slowly starting to get into horror. Because I always thought Chucky was was such a dumb concept. That it was more... Oh, you never watched Seed of Chucky. Was that the one, the Glenn or Glenda? Yeah. No, I didn't watch that. It is the absolute worst one in the... It's the one... I heard. I heard it was Garbo. It's the Halloween resurrection of the Child's Play franchise. It completely kills it. Um, It came out around the same time, didn't it? It came out around the same time, and while Halloween had Busta Rhymes in it, Seed of Chucky starred Redman and Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, yeah, the early 2000s are a weird, strange time. But. Where Redman and Jennifer Tilly are in the same movie. <laughs> but then they did. Or when Buster Rhymes and Jamie Lee Curtis are in the same movie. True. Also true. <laughs> but yeah, I remember, I, and then like one random weekend I'm hanging out with my girlfriend at her dorm. And she's like, hey, let's watch a, let's watch a scary movie. And I'm like, this is a terrible idea. You're going to be afraid once I leave. But we actually marathon like the last two Chucky movies, I think, which are The Return of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. 
Oh, yeah, they're, like, I guess, like, Netflix exclusives. I haven't seen any of them. Really? Even though I know that Cult of Chucky is supposed to be the big comeback for Andy Barclay. Yeah, Andy Barclay comes back in a huge way, and... and Cult of Chucky was actually really interesting. Isn't he the one that's leading the Cult of Chucky? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> the exact opposite. Uh-huh. He he actually comes back in a very Ash versus the Evil Dead way. Gotcha. Where he's just like, I've been trying to fight Chucky for 30 years. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting because, so the Child's Play franchise, the, the I call it the and- Andy Barkley trilogy, <laughs> uh, or the Child's Play trilogy, like yeah. that... He's in all three of those first movies, right? It's like that kid from Friday the 13th that uh, Corey Feldman grows up to become. What's his name? Yeah, who's played by three different actors in three different movies. So unless you, like, really pay attention to the fact that his name is Tommy Jarvis, like, you will not notice that it's the same person. fucking dweeb name. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's... The original one is the one that most people probably remember... I thought the second one was pretty good. There's a, uh, there's a lot of. Uh, what's interesting about this new movie is I feel like it borrows elements from all three of the original uh, Child's Play films, mm-hmm. um, and I like that part of it because Child's Play Two, I love the ending of it in the toy warehouse. This movie ends in kind of a similar way, so it almost like it has the ending to Child's Play Two. Uh, the fact that Andy is not working alone and actually has other kids, you know, at least other people who are helping him to get Chucky. Mm-hmm. That believe that's, him? <laughs> that's out of Child's Play 3, even mm-hmm. though Child's Play 3 is, like, some weird, like, army kind of, like, <laughs> setting that they're in. Um, and then Child's Play 1, like, is it, it, the fact that it's all about Andy and his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's a, like you were saying, it takes all the best elements from all those movies and... Kind of gives it to you in one nice, neat package to watch. Yeah. So a movie like this, I think the concern came when I discovered that Don Mancini, the guy who wrote the original uh, series mm-hmm. and who directed Seed of Chucky. It was a tree branch, don't worry. <laughs> and the guy who directed Seed of Chucky, um, he had nothing to do with this movie. And he has a... He's like actually not very happy at the fact that they've decided to remake this film. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns the rights to Chucky, but he doesn't own the rights to Child's Play. Oh! So, it's he actually wants to continue making Chucky movies, and apparently he's going to be able to create a series, like concurrently while like this series is going on, because mm-hmm. of like legal loopholes. Um, Unlike Friday the Thirteenth, where it's a whole legal shit. Show they all right kind now. of do that, yeah. and the way the reason why I say that is because okay, the original three Chucky movies were called Child's Play, yeah. and they were under a different studio. Once the rights were bought up by New Line Cinema, who released Bride of Chucky, that's why Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky have two completely different names. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's also a very '90s choice to make that like the name of it. Yep, but um. But yeah, and the same thing happens with Friday the 13th. So uh, New Line Cinema ends up acquiring the rights to Jason, Mm -hmm. but they did not acquire the rights to Friday the 13th. Mm. So the movies that come out from the New Line era are Jason Goes to Hell and (laughs) Freddy vs. Jason. Hey, and Jason X. And Jason X. Yeah. Forget. So so they they weren't allowed to use the uh, title anymore. So mm-hmm. this one is like they specifically just have the rights to the original film. Mm-hmm. 
What did you think of Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky? Oh, now I'm a huge Mark Hamill stan, so that's not even a fair question. I thought he did. You know, it was, all right. I'm not gonna lie. I thought he was gonna be more Joker, like the Batman the Animated Series type of voice. I am so happy they didn't go that route. Yeah. I'm, I I really like the route they went with Chucky, where he just sounds like... Harmel, uh, Hamill just sounds like a really nice guy. <laughs> or he's trying his hardest to sound like a really nice guy. Almost like he's trying too hard to be nice. Hmm. <laughs> Does that fit in with the theme of what they're going with here? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it also helps that that he, again, he is doing something different. From what Brad Dourif does, right? Mm-hmm. Brad Dourif has famously done every movie in this franchise up until now, right? There has been no, like, he's the only one of the of the horror movie 80 monsters that had not had a remake yet mm-hmm. until just this moment. Um, and, you know, I think Brad Dourif said that his, his was kind of like a evil Jack Nicholson. That's mm-hmm. kind of how he always played it. So it was good to have, to give it a different voice. It was good to make it sound like it's something that wanted to be your friend, mostly because of the choice that they make in this film in terms of what Chucky is and what his origin is, because it varies, you know, from what the original film was. For those of you that don't know, in the original film, Chucky, well, his name is what? What was it? It was like Good Guy Charlie or something? I forgot what the name of the the actual toy. No, was. the actual doll is called the Good Guys dolls. Just Good um, Guy, right? Yeah, but so, the the Chucky himself he was, was actually a voodoo practicing gangster, <laughs> serial killer. I really I thought he was just like a mobster. I don't remember what. Apparently, he was. they label him a serial killer. All right, well, a voodoo practicing mobster serial killer. <laughs> Holy shit! It's like they just reached into a bag full of descriptors and made him into something, right? Or he might have just been a serial killer. I don't know what movie I thought where he was like a, a mobster. But point is, he ends up he ends up getting shot by the police in a store, and he uses a voodoo ritual. To bind his soul to a good guy doll. Which is then later bought by Karen Barclay. Um, and given to her son Andy as a gift. And Andy becomes friends with the doll. Not unknowing that is actually possessed by the spirit of a serial killer. So. There's this theme of the doll kind of becoming a bastardized version of Pinocchio. Where he, you know, he starts becoming a real boy. Uh, and there's, they do a lot of creepy body horror stuff that's really cool and really good for the 80s, where, like, the Chucky doll, or I'm sorry, the, the good guy doll starts growing muscles and tendons and bleeds and can breathe the longer that Chucky's soul is in the doll. They, and they end up going full bore with this by the time you get to Bride of Chucky, when Jennifer Tilly's, uh doll like actually gives birth to a baby chucky doll <laughs> yeah so there's a certain point where they they you think oh wow maybe this is just like something creepy that they never bring back no they go full into it mm. like there's this scene in uh cult of chucky where barclay andy barclay uses the because the thing is that that chucky's starting to able to to pass his soul along and take control of more dolls right there's one note where Andy like shoves a bunch of weapons into one of the dolls, knowing that Chucky's gonna possess it, 
And later, when he does possess it, he ends up killing the doll and, like, pulling a gun out of its stomach <laughs> and starts shooting other dolls. <laughs> it, looks just, it looks like a fucking Mortal Kombat fatality. <laughs> there's a certain point where these movies fall off the rails, and there's one where they just start skull-fucking the rails as hard as possible. <laughs> But, oh, God, you know, like, you go from these movies that are almost campy, right? It was well, always campier. It, to me, to me, I feel like the reason why Chucky gained more infamy around my friends, like, from school at a young elementary school age is because everyone thought it was the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone watched it around the same age, you know, everyone rented it in the 90s, they all watched it around, you know, the single digits before you turned 10, and... You know, I have friends who that to this day we have friends to this day that won't even that aren't even able to watch that movie because of it just hit them at an age where it's like scarred them for life. <laughs> yep, and with good reason. <laughs> but then we you take this film, and this is definitely a movie made for the Gen Zers, specifically because our main character would be the age of somebody coming of age as a Gen Z. I think this is a movie that would hit this, that spot for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Um, this The entire film revolves around the manufacturer of, uh, of the buddy dolls. Kaslin. 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 Yeah, Kaslin Corporation. They're so essentially like Apple or Amazon or Google. Yeah, or... Uh, crap, what's the, name from, what's the name of the company from uh, Robocop? Omnicorp? Omnicorp. <laughs> They're more like Omnicorp in the sense that they make everything. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is one of the movies that, that is on Orion Pictures since they've made their grand comeback. That's right, yeah. And uh, because it's in Orion Picture, the same as Robocop, yep. there's a Robocop reference in this movie. Yeah, there's the the little car that has the Robocop line. Yeah. That was so fucking cool. <laughs> and that's why I thought the movie took place in Detroit. Mm. because i thought that when i heard that reference i was like oh so i wonder if it takes place in detroit because they never really say right yeah we talked about it because i to me i thought it took place somewhere in canada because the fact that the store is called zed mart mm-hmm. <laughs> which you know like i my i work with a lot of people of my coworkers who are canadian and they don't say z as mm-hmm. in the letter z they say zed in canada we say and to our canadian listeners we say oi <laughs> Wait, is that what they say? No. No, I don't know. You have way more experience with Canadians than I do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so getting this back on the rails here. So, Kaslik Corporation is essentially Omnicorp meets uh, Tesla meets Apple meets, like, all the... Imagine any super industry, right? This movie is basically doing what Robocop has done, what a... Terminator has done, like, you know, it is, and the characters in the film are smart enough to even reference it, right? Yep. As we move further and further into the realm of depending on AI to serve our needs, we become a lot more, uh, how do I say, vulnerable to machines controlling our lives, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important to note that, especially considering... The fact that, you know, this movie will take things in a way where we're not there, where the technology is quite yet. Mm-hmm. We're not that far away. This doesn't feel like it's, like, in too much of a distant future. But this is still a cautionary tale. And 
Angel and people like Angel are the last line of defense against the robot hordes. <laughs> so well, treat your IT department nice, guys. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is, um, you know, it, it's interestingly enough, we live in the Bay Area, right? Um, mm-hmm. my, my cousin recently went to a Golden State Warriors game. And one of the and the prize that they were giving away at the game for everyone who was in attendance was a Google Home. <laughs> oh fuck that! So you know, people have Google Home, people have Alexa now. You know, mm-hmm. like I have Alexa on my Fire TV. Yeah. You know, I have it on several devices in my house. I have Siri on my phone. Like we are already moving into a world in which AI controls everything. Oh I knew God. that that was the change that this movie was going to make going in. Uh-huh. I already knew that that's where it was going, and that's why, even though the original creator of the series had no involvement in it and wanted nothing to do with it, that was one of the reasons why I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. It worked. Another yeah. reason why I was going to give this a shot, there's three basic ones. Second one is... This movie was heavily touted as coming from the same producers who made it, mm-hmm. and it, you know, is a big deal. It came out a couple years ago on, in 2017. It Chapter Two is going to come out later this year, and you bet your sweet ass we're going to watch that. <laughs> and um, it's it, it's a good like you know, I feel like there was a lot of the good elements in that franchise that also come into this as well, mm-hmm. right? Like the the banter between the kids. Yep, it's very realistic how these kids are able to talk to each other. Yeah, so it yeah, like it was just very there was a lot of uh familiarity if you're if you've been a fan of like recent horror movies or not necessarily recent horror movies but even movies that are being redone, right? Yeah. Well, the other change it makes is it also ages up Andy Barkley. Oh, yeah, in the yeah. original film, he is very infantile. He's like, what, eight? Yeah, yeah, and he's super young. They decide to make him a little bit older, and they even call out the fact that he might be a little bit too old for this toy. Mm-hmm. But he's also someone that um, he, you know, he, not that he has trouble fitting in because of this. But, you know, the movie calls out the fact that he is deaf and, and has to use a hearing aid. Uh, he, there's something about him that just makes him feel different and yeah. ostracized, right? And as point, a result... And I think besides that, I think he may also either have Asperger's or be autistic. Mm-hmm. Like, he, in terms of just behavior in general, there is something that separates him from the other kids. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's awesome. It's, it's, inclu- it's you know, it, it, it didn't call it out. But I mean, if you're someone who's who's been around kids who who are on the spectrum, it's like it, it is. It makes you know. It's you see some uh, you see some it. signs. Yeah. yeah, you see some telltale things, right? And one of the things that really made me want to watch this film was uh, was uh, Andy's mom, actually, uh, Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> Not in a like creepy. I think she's hot, even though I do think she's hot. <laughs> way. But I'm a huge fan of Aubrey Plaza. I think yeah. you and I were both huge Parks and Rec fans. And you never got to watch it, but she plays the, um, oh my god, what's his name? The Shadow King in uh, Legion, and mm-hmm. she does a great job in that in that show, too. Uh, yeah. also, it's a small cast, and besides Audrey Plaza, the guy who plays the police officer in this film is uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who <laughs> anyone that watches Atlanta knows uh, he's Paperboy on the show. Not Laurel. I don't know what jackass thought it was Laurel. But it was Brian Tyree Henry. Oh my god, who thought that? I don't know, some fucking handsome asshole. That's who. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's there, there are... Yeah, there's a lot of good signs in it. 
uh, that just made it something that I definitely wanted to watch. So, without further ado, I think we should try to get into this movie. So, the film opens up with Kaslin Enterprises. Is it Enterprises? Yeah, Kaslin Corporation. Having their, uh, what's it called, that, 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 not recruitment video, but it's like their commercial, right? Being Mm -hmm. like, this is all our awesome products, let us be part of your family, right? And then, how, it cuts to a sweatshop in Vietnam where people are working tirelessly to get the, what was it, the, uh, the buddy dolls ready and shipped overseas to us here in the States. Mm -hmm. Right away! This film starts, like, imitating life, and it gets a little bit too real. One of the, one of the, uh, the toy makers gets berated by his boss and fired. So, as a kind of fuck you to Kaslin, this guy ends up, uh, the doll he's currently working on, he ends up turning all safety protocols off, and any limiter on the AI off, and anything preventing the machine from going violent Mm-hmm. <laughs> which already raises a whole shit ton of questions. Hey, interestingly enough, let me just say, there are parts of the movie where as gritty and realistic as it kind of tries to paint itself, this kind of stuff is the reason why, as someone who works in IT, this is why you revoke someone's access to your <laughs> network before you fire them. <laughs> just so you understand. If nothing else, obviously, like, the thing in tech is... You want to protect your intellectual property, so you disable people's access, and you can wipe their devices. IT people have a lot of power in the workplace, and the purpose of that is protecting the interests of the company that you work for. As you can see, we are very pro-IT here at Do We Like Movies. (laughs) We understand your pain, fellow nerds. (laughs) But, yeah, watching this, I was just like... No fucking smart company would ever do this, but then at the same time, this is a lot of good commentary on the fact that we get toys manufactured overseas, and the manufacturing companies, like, you know, they're they're not monitored as closely as the corporate offices would be. Immediately after the toy maker makes these changes to the robot toy doll robot these are robots these are no longer toys i don't know why we think it's okay to make robots toys they're just gonna kill us i think that's the big take-home message kids robots will kill us every time but anyway the toy maker ends up climbing to the top of the roof after he seals the the buddy doll to get sent and ends up killing himself by jumping off the building and landing right next to the guy that just fired him really and this is very poignant. This is very poignant imagery because if you didn't know, Apple at one of their sites in China actually had to install anti-suicide nets because people were actually killing themselves after their shift or on shift at Apple like manufacturing head or uh, manufacturing plants out overseas. So it's like you would like to think that no, there is no way corporations are this fucking evil in real life. Surprise, bitch! They are super evil. All corporations are evil, y'all. Well, in real, you know, in real life, like Facebook has sold all of our information to, you know, entities that want to cause us harm. The NSA has your dick pics, y'all. <laughs> Facts. So. The smash cuts. Well, it doesn't really smash cut, but now it cuts to present day, I'm assuming, in Chicago. And we get introduced to Karen and Andy Barclay. 
So, like we alluded to before, Andy is a very different kid. He's hearing impaired. He's about 13 years old, and he's kind of a loner. But he's also your average 13-year-old in that he spends a lot of time with what? His phone. Technology, yeah. Hanging out on the internet, playing, you know, watching stupid viral videos, being kind of... And be ready, you're going to hear it a lot from me in this episode, an edgelord. (laughs) Well, they also age Andy up, like I said, and they age his mother down. So it they, it's interestingly enough, despite the fact that, of course, you know, there are lots of cases where young mothers have, you know, have kids. So you will have an older kid and still be pretty young person, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally, <laughs> but totally it also milk. makes it, it, it very much like the relationship between them feels just as much as a sibling relationship as it does parents for some reason. But, you know, I met a lot of parents but i like it they have that type of banter that karen and andy have well what i like about what i like about it is that in the original film i don't like andy barkley's mom at all like i just don't care enough about her Mm -hmm. and they seem like they're way too disconnected to me and that movie feels like it's a movie filled with people that want to do wrong by andy (laughs) whereas i think this movie thankfully does kind of the opposite all the characters that are around andy actually want to do right by him Except for one, <laughs> Child's Play 2019 with a hundred percent more regard for children or for children. <laughs> oh God! So, um, right off the bat, we see Andy and Karen are kind of like in a very shitty position. It doesn't seem like they're they're like they're well off enough that they have pretty good appliances. They have a roof over their head. They have food on the table, but you know the you know I think Karen mentions that she has to work like overnight shifts and double and pulls double overtime so she works a lot mm-hmm. Andy's very much a latchkey kid um and they have enough to get by but they show he's got a like the really fucked up broken phone right yeah he has the older version of technology so you know very much and I've done this plenty of times like when airpods came out I bought the airpod gen ones like right before the gen 2 comes out like because it's cheaper, you know it's right? cheaper. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, and and I think this movie also takes aim at kind of like hype culture that we yeah. have in terms of technology. Like the entire climax of this film is like something that looks like a Black Friday sale, right? You or like I... a midnight launch to any new oh, iPhone. Totally. And you and I are Andy. Everyone else of these plebs are everybody else in this movie. <laughs> so we also get to meet. Karen's boyfriend, Shane. And Jesus Christ, Shane at first does not really, like, he doesn't really bother me, but Jesus, oh God. No, he, he doesn't. He, <laughs> he just, he seems like a non-entity. Like, at first, to the point where you're almost like, well, Andy probably just unfairly doesn't like this guy. I mean, obviously, like. Because he's just being a 13-year-old that fucking hates his, yeah. like, you know, standing for his father figure. Like, yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah, exactly. And, but, and and I've never had the experience of, you know, I, I just, I have grown up with two parents. I've never had experience of uh, being a parent of child the divorce so i I obviously cannot relate Mm -hmm. um i can't imagine what it would be like so i'm not going to criticize that aspect of it it's just um i mean i can say from my personal experience in my personal life like you know being the product of a blended family like yeah there there's sometimes there's a lot of resentment towards the person that's not your biological parent 
not being in the picture, like, and suddenly this other person tries to fill in the role, right? I think what becomes very clear, though, is that this guy is not that interested in Andy. Oh, no, not at all. He, he is there for one reason and one reason only. And that's to clap his mom. Oh, sweet, <laughs> sweet Karen. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, you know, for the most part, you know, this is a kid that doesn't have much, and the little bit he does... But he's also a very understanding kid. He doesn't beg his mom for a lot of stuff. No. And for that reason, Karen pulls some strings, and she's actually to get a refurbished... Or, I'm, I'm sorry, not a refurbished, not refurbished. a returned uh, buddy doll. Yeah. Because Which the own, the previous owner has already said was acting way out of the ordinary. Had red eyes and wouldn't shut up or something, so they end up returning it. So... My daughter has a uh, has a bear that's in our living room right now that actually like it was damaged. I mean, she loves it, but it's like when when it when you play it and you l- allow it to sing music, it skips and it'll do it over and over and over oh, again. Yeah, that's not terrifying. Well, what I'm saying is like yeah, like I, I've seen I've seen that stuff with those toys, and sometimes <laughs> kids don't care, right? Like, and kids... then you play it, and then it just starts chanting like Gregorian chants. <laughs> <laughs> command you in the name of lucifer (laughs) or some shit like that speaking of which i can totally hear your daughter trying to break in (laughs) anyway um so we or i'm sorry karen is the one that kind of like she she pulls some strings ends up getting the dawn bringing it home and Right off the bat, and you know, Andy opens it. He shows no interest because, like you said, he's kind of, he's kind of old, right? But for the sake of his mom, he tries really hard to try to make it work, and he manages to get kind of get get uh, Buddy work. Uh, buddy, sorry, the the yeah, Buddy, right? Yeah, he gets the Buddy doll working, and you know, they and a cool little reference or nod right yeah the buddy asks what his name should be and andy says uh han solo oh yeah (laughs) to which uh buddy responds did you say chucky (laughs) yeah Yeah, so the name the fact that his name is chucky is completely inconsequential like to the story here it's just one of those it's just random um it could yeah happenstance but the thing that happens is um it i think I think Andy is even impressed by how well this toy is able to learn from the person that is with it. And I'll say I'm impressed by it. Like, it is an impressive toy. And, you know, if it didn't kill people and signal the end of human civilization as we know it, I would want one of these toys. (laughs) (laughs) The end times are coming! Uh, And also, like, I mean, the relationship that he has with Chucky, like, he has an actual relationship with him to the point where when he actually has to hurt Chucky, like, it hurts him. Yeah. And there's scenes where Chucky is, like, you know, when they realize that Chucky needs to be dealt with because he's dangerous, like, when the kids start attacking Chucky, like, even Chucky gets scared or, Mm -hmm. like, Chucky gets scared of being put in the closet and reacts violently. And, and says, I, ch- I do not like going into the closet. Like, it's really interesting because Chucky isn't just a robot. It, it, that Like, a robot has, like, pre-programmed commands, right? Like, Chucky is an AI. And it is learning. And it is learning fast how... And, and this work gets crazy, right? Because it's less about it learning, like, how to do things. And it's essentially trying to learn to become human. 
And that's what's kind of terrifying about it. And this is what what pushes us into the uncal- uncanny valley territory. I'll say this. I don't think it's that it's trying to become human. I think it... Because it, it, it is completely built. The interesting thing is Chucky is completely built. And even when he's evil, he's subservient to Andy. He will not kill Andy. Mm-hmm. He will kill everyone around him. He will not hurt him because that is his prime directive. We're going back to <laughs> RoboCop territory. No, like, but that's the thing. All those prime directives are kind of deleted, though. So no, but at the same time, like he has loyal, he has allegiance to, um, he has allegiance to because he was programmed prop- to love. Yeah, exactly. It's just but- he. It's just. He, like, will do whatever it takes so that it's just him and Andy all the time. No, but he actually turns on Andy, though. Like, to the point where it's like, if I don't love you, or if you don't love me, no one can. Or, no, if I can't love you, no one can sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, just like how love between humans can turn super toxic, this is very much what's happening between (laughs) this doll and Andy. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that Chucky isn't trying to become a human being so that Chucky can be out in the world among us. No, 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 no. His goal is to be with andy i'm sorry let me uh let let me rephrase that it's not that he's learning to become a human to like exist among humans he's learning how to feel like a human and that's what's terrifying because how can you teach something that inherently can't feel to feel right Mm -hmm. and like you said he feels anger it feels fear it feels happiness it feels some sort of love right but um is it like it's all manufactured and shit and we talked about it a lot about the uncanny valley effect where it's the what is it when you take something if i remember correctly i'm sure you'll correct me if i'm wrong but it's essentially this belief that the closer something that isn't human begins to resemble humans or humanity it creates a very familiar sense of eeriness right because we can't truly understand it. Yeah, it 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 doesn't only exist with robots. Um, like it exists with robots that try to make facial expressions as humans do, because we understand that they're not human. Yeah, fuck you, Boston Dynamics, you assholes. But the um, it it also works with CGI. We're like next week. We're about to talk about a movie that has a lot of uncanny Canny Valley moments in it mm-hmm. because it's going to bring back a character completely to life that is an dead. actor who has been dead for decades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue One. Rogue One brings back, um, you know, Peter Cushing, who played a. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't Krennic. Was it Krennic? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Tarkin? No. Yeah, yeah. Is it Tarkin? Grandma Tarkin, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it is. It, it, the part that freaks us out is that it's something that's trying to look human, but we know that it's not human. Mm. So it almost gives us this like kind of disgust. So as Chucky and Andy's relationship, you know, becomes more deep and they start becoming more more friends, right? Yeah, uh, or I'm sorry, Chucky actually helps Andy become friends or become friends with other people and kind of socialize more. Mm-hmm. And they introduce Pug and. Fallen. Phelan? I think it's Phelan? Yeah. Because they pronounce it... At first I heard Felon. Yeah. So it might be Felon. I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Point is, so Pug and Felon become friends with Andy. And these are your typical teenage punks (laughs) that ruin movies for Javier at movie theaters. (laughs) And they're just like... 
They're edgy. And, like, that's the only way I can say it. They're edgy teens that love laughing at shit you shouldn't laugh at and love making inappropriate jokes. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, which is also a movie owned by Orion. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why they could get away with putting it on there. But, yeah, like, you know, they're laughing at all the death scenes and they're just like, oh, it's not even that scary. Like, oh, fuck these kids. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, I worked with teenagers for damn near ten years. And god damn it, do I have a disdain for teenagers. <laughs> but yeah, they're like the, just those types of kids. They're just like, oh, they, they always got to have something smart to say. And, you know, they're always egging each other on for shit. But the the, the crazy thing is, and, and this is where it kind of like, I started getting a little freaked out, like in the movie. Because I remember... Um, you know, like, like Chucky is just taking in all this content they're watching. All the violence, all the blood, and he's equating that good, you know, that, that he's equating that, that feelings of enjoyment that the kids are having as they're watching all this go down, and he's associating violence as a good thing. And that's more fucking commentary on our society, man. Right, because even if this wasn't a quote-unquote defective toy... Who's to know that AI isn't going to learn that this is something that people like when you do it? Yeah, and it's like, if it, oh my god, AI are going to kill us all, I already fucking know it. <laughs> well, that's what Phelan even says. Yep. Um, but what the first thing that they actually do and what brings them together is Buddy swears, mm-hmm. right? The doll swears, which a lot of them are not even supposed to do that. But they yep. discover really quickly that this is a different Buddy doll than they the one anyone anything else has. Want. Um, they actually decide to start pranking. They, uh, Andy originally wanted to prank, you know, her mother's Shane. boyfriend, yeah. Shane, and he actually, you know, once he mentions the idea to friends or he said he didn't want to do it anymore, they're all for it. <laughs> and they go ahead and do it. And then, of course, like, Shane, like, starts from, I didn't really care about him, and he don't seem that bad, to, to like, you know, he screws his mother and... Drinks beer at all hours of the day. He does nothing to contribute to the household. And then he's like... He feels antagonized by Andy when Andy's just literally standing there. Yeah. Like, he... he super, like, very quickly becomes a turbo douche. Yeah, like, he's just so irritated by Andy's presence. Yeah. And it's... You know, it obviously... At the same time, Andy seems to be gaining more acceptance from the people around him. Which aren't just the neighbor kids that he's hanging out with, but also the detective that... uh, Detective Mike. Yeah, Detective (laughs) Mike, who doesn't live in the complex, I don't think, but his mother does. Yeah, he... And he goes there every, you know, every evening for dinner. The story is... This is uh, where, you know, Paperboy comes into the uh, story. Well, uh, a couple things I was going to say. One, Shane very good stepdad name <laughs> because it's just like a great name to yell when you're angry and angsty and it'll be like shut up shane you're not my real dad <laughs> and then second um did we talk about when shane and when shane sorry when uh chucky threatened the uh mickey rooney the family cat no so okay I feel that and this is really important because it's for, like it's it's the foreshadowing, right? So there's this part where Andy 
and he talks about how they have an asshole cat named Mickey Rooney, and then, um, and the, oh, I fucking love this scene. So, but yeah, so they have the they have the the asshole cat Mickey Rooney scratches at Andy, and when Andy leaves to go get a or he starts bleeding, so he goes and gets a band aid. But before he leaves, the the blood's coming down off his finger, and then Chucky says, "What's that?" Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, that's when Andy runs to go get the band-aid, and when he comes back, Chucky's choking the cat out, ready to kill it. And then Andy stops him and tells him, no, we don't do that. We don't hurt things we love. To which Chucky says, but the but, uh, but Rooney hurt you, and I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when I'm like, oh my god. But then it starts to, now here's the thing. It starts. It sees blood. It knows blood is inside of humans, and then later on, when Fe- when when uh, Felon and uh, Pugs are friends with uh, Andy, and they start associating blood with something that brings joy, I'm just like, can't I can't help but think that they are just breeding this creature to be a murder machine, you know? And it reminds me of that story. Well, that- they also teach it to be creepy. Yeah, because uh, of course the doll is already ostensibly creepy because it watches Andy while he sleeps and tries to sing to him in the middle of the night. Oh my god! But uh, the other thing is they try to use it as a means to scare Shane, and the way Andy does it is Andy tries to make Chucky make the creepiest face possible. Yep, and, and it succeeds. Yeah, and of course, like it's what we talked about with Uncanny Valley. It like they contort the face to the most unnatural position so that it freaks everyone in the audience out yep and it's not even that one of those that it 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 makes you scream or anything but it does give you that eerie feeling that you don't want to look at it right well part of it is teeth right like there's something primal and instinctual about human beings in general because at our core we are also animals that's why we yawn to scare things away by showing our teeth (laughs) And um, if you ever noticed that if you look at a picture of someone and you see them smiling, a very big smile where all their teeth are present, like the biggest smile you can imagine, that's why it makes you uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it's essentially a predator bearing its teeth, at you, bearing its jaws at you. Uh, un- unrelated, but another reason why I'm afraid of robots <laughs> or AI. Did you ever hear that story of the AI that created their own language? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I forgot who it was, but it was like, I don't remember if it, what research team it was, but they created two AI to start talking to each other. And I think within 10 minutes, they created like a language that the, that the, uh, that the, uh, researchers couldn't understand. Yep. And so they had to immediately shut down the AI. Yep. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. Another creepy AI story? Sorry, I'm fucking chock full of them because oh, I'm like th- that is the point of this movie. Let's go. There's there was this story. There was a this was easily like maybe five, almost ten years ago. There was another AI story where they I forgot who what company did it, but they created an AI that started just having a conversation, and uh, like within five minutes they started questioning their existence. And where, who created them. And it's like, holy fucking shit, dude. Like, it's so terrifying to think of that something that we created that isn't organic 
has the same fucking capacity to think that we all do, you know? It's the natural evolution of computers. The reason why computers existed in the first place is to be able to um, resolve complex equations, right? Like, it, it, that, is the, that is why it is... It's something that starts, uh, you know, trying to, trying to resolve, you know, complex issues right and now to now we mostly use them to try to make things that we use easier right i mean i'm I'm, in my company that i work for now i work on the business application side of things now so the purpose of any new technology that you introduce into a company is so that it does something for you automatically and that you are now creating less uh grunt work for yourself so, again, AI is the natural evolution of all of this. Yes, AI knows how to fix problems, namely by killing us all. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens to Shane. <laughs> so, we find out Shane, aside from being a dirtbag that feels, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Inti- not intimidated, but like, he feels challenged by a 13-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, he feels entitled to do whatever he wants in this home. Yeah, and then, like, to really round him off as douchebag of the year... I did not expect this. You find out Shane is actually married and has two beautiful baby girls. And, yeah, you know what's funny is I... I'm... I wasn't surprised. I was just disappointed. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. I the, he well, I think the funny thing is they decided to start off by having Chucky kill someone that you absolutely had no problem with him killing. Yep, do um, it. They kind of do that in the original Child's Play, where it's like Andy's babysitter who seems very ineffectual, like towards him. Um, but in this one, it is you know it is Shane. Shane's an idiot um, because. Who the fuck takes down Christmas lights in the middle of the night, first of all? Second of all... Turbo douches, dude. <laughs> second of all, who the fuck takes off Christmas lights while the Christmas lights are still on? Yeah, he, well, he's probably still drunk from... <laughs> he's probably all sex drunk from banging Aubrey Plaza, like... Yeah. So he ends up... You know, he ends up trying to take these lights down. Chucky kicks him off the ladder, essentially. Breaks both his legs, and he sets him up to have a, like, mulcher? Mm-hmm. Or one of those things that... A tiller! There we go. Like a... Like a... A dirt tiller? He has it set up so that it kill So that... Or Shane is in the path of its... Of its travel. And it ends up, like... Starting to, like, dig into it. Or, like, crashes into his skull and rips his, like, head off. Mm-hmm. And then Chucky comes in and just starts stabbing the ever-loving shit out of the corpse with this kitchen knife. Is this where he says, this is for Tupac? Yeah. <laughs> Which the kids tried to teach him to say earlier, but Andy felt uncomfortable and got out of the situation with these so, other kids. Yeah, so that's the other thing, is like, watching the kids, Chucky learns to stab. <laughs> well, because the thing is, the the neighbors, um, like, I mean, the first neighbors that he meets, Puck the and, rest of the Puck and Lords. Felon, Puck and Felon, like... They seem like they care more about Andy than some of the other, you know, supplemental friends that that are out there. The oh, other yeah. supplemental friends feel like they just have him around because he's friends with their friend. No, those jerks just want to play with Chucky. Like, that was really it. Yeah. So, after that... <laughs> 
holy shit i fucking hated this part of the the story dude when so after that andy wakes up the next morning and walks by something super weird doesn't notice it comes back after he realizes what he walked by and he sees Shane's face wrapped around a watermelon. Which is very Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. Very, oh, wow. I wonder where could this robot have learned that? But the other thing is, it almost. This ends up turning into like a side mission. In it's the so movie. stupid! <laughs> I hated this, dude! I fucking hated this stupid. It had on the watermelon supply yeah i could have done without this i there was it, it had no bearing on the rest of the actual plot there was no real purpose for it um other than to probably frame andy as the killer uh but i, I don't it wasn't even necessary for that you know like so andy and his friends they end up wrapping the head the face on a watermelon like in stupid a, in a gift in like gift wrapping the same gift wrapping that was for andy's gift and, of course, his mom, like, walks in on them at exactly that right moment. And that's where he, like, lies and said that he was going to give it to the neighbor. This would probably stink, right? Decomposition yes. would make this smell. Yes, it would. So, yes. I'm sure it would already have smelled, like, by the time they were taking it to the neighbor. It definitely would have smelled by the time he, like, went to have dinner with them. Decomp starts within minutes, and the smell can happen within hours. Mm -hmm. So assuming that maybe six hours had passed from when Chucky killed Shane to when, uh, you know, Andy found it, he, he would start getting ripe. Not only that, it goes a couple days before Detective Mike's mom, uh, like, invites, uh, Andy over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And by that point, Doreen, Doreen, Doreen is the there mother, you go. Yeah. So, so he lies, says, or uh, Andy lies, says Doreen's been helping him with homework, and then he wanted to pay her back by giving her a gift. Doreen, for some fucking reason, is decides like decides to go along yeah. with it and decides to completely listen. Hey, here's this kid that I've never talked to, but of course I'll keep your secrets, Andy Barkley. <laughs> yeah, and then because once again everything just works out for little white kids. <laughs> And then, the, the worst part about this whole subplot is it paints Detective Mike to look like a fucking moron. Yeah, it does. Because, well, I'm not, I'm not a detective, you're not a detective, but one of the things I would like to think is if you're in a homicide detective, like, if you're a homicide detective, one of the first things they tell you is, hey, this is what corpses smell like. And if you're telling me that a homicide detective for Chicago PD can't at any point discern that a rotting face is in his mother's home, I'm like, what? All oh, fucking cops are terrible in Chicago, yeah. then. Yeah. It was, it was, I hated this subplot. Like, everything else in the movie, like, I, that I enjoyed... Like, was compromised by this stupid-ass subplot. Well, thankfully, it goes really quickly. Yes. The whole movie goes very quickly. Like, this movie is not dense. Um, we're actually already near the end of it. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's just, it's not a movie that's, that's, that's too complicated. Yeah. And it's nice that this kind of just goes very quickly. Um, they end up throwing this, uh, this, you know, watermelon face down the, sh down garbage the garbage chute, which is the same place that Andy was planning to throw Chucky and throws Chucky already, where he is recovered by apparently a voyeuristic serial pervert, um, superintendent for this building. Well, the kids turn on Chucky first. 
Yeah. And this is a really sad moment because Chucky actually feels afraid and feels betrayed. Yeah. Because he thought that he and that Andy loved him and everything he was doing was to help Andy. And, I mean, Chucky wasn't wrong. Well, to make him happy. Yeah, well, okay, to make him happy. And then... Because he even when uh, Andy talked about Shane, he said he wanted him to go away and not come back. Yep. So then the kids kill Chucky, throw him down the garbage chute. This voyeur dude grabs the uh, grabs the doll and starts rebuilding it. But this jackass decides to fucking sink it to the goddamn, like... Caslin iCloud bullshit that then turns this machine into a technopath. Yeah, exactly. So Chucky just goes from now being part of this one toy to it's kind of like now like Hal Nine Thousand yeah, from Two Thousand One like uh, Space Odyssey, and because um, for some fucking reason now I, I do can... I do like the fact that the entire fucking engine that runs Chucky looks like the fucking core that Tony Stark uses in Iron Man. I was thinking the same thing. I even told my buddy I was like, "Oh shit, it's Tony Stark, yeah. <laughs> Iron Man." But uh, again, second kill of the movie. Guy kind of deserved it. He was a oh, piece yeah. of shit, and I'm still like, okay, I'm still on Chucky's side. Yeah. No, and then this is very much in keeping with Child's Play. Like, Child's Play, the original uh, trilogy, like, a lot of the people that would die in it were people who were trying to do wrong by Andy. Yeah. Well, this guy was just doing wrong by society, so. Yeah. Chucky, thank you, I guess. Yeah, because apparently, like, not only is he watching... He's watching Doreen. He's watching... He's watching everybody. He's watching Andy's mom. He's watching the kids. He's going through their shit. Like, he's fucking creepy as fuck. Yeah. Oh, God. So, this leads us to... This leads us to Chucky eventually becoming jealous of Doreen and Andy's relationship to the point where... Chucky stalks and kills Doreen. Yep. Well, this is also after a confrontation. Right. So, Andy... so, the, so first, when they go to dinner, uh, Doreen gets the uh, Kazan, like app. It's like Uber. But yeah. yeah. And, um, and Andy shows her how to use it, like, you know, just like any young person has done for their parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles. Like, you know, we've all done this for, for someone who's older than us who doesn't understand technology. Yep. Right? So I do this at work. There's a lot of people who are in upper management at my company that are just not very technologically savvy because they've been around for a very long time before computers were doing everything. Goddamn tech nerds! <laughs> Come fix my laptop! <laughs> So you know, so we've all we've all been here. Um, so he uploads everything that she needs to the cloud, and this is her first time using the Caslin Kaz, car, yeah. which is basically like a Tesla Uber hybrid. It's a ride sharing car that drives itself. Yeah, pretty much. So this car takes her to go to her bingo night, and at this point, Chucky Ch Chucky like gaslights the shit out of Andy. And isolates him from the rest of his friends. Yep. He starts fucking torturing Andy and making him like his mental state deteriorate. Right, because by like by like torturing him and replaying things that 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 he says, and this causes Andy to fight one of his friends. Yeah, it causes a rift between the the other kids where they call out his disability. Yeah, and you know it basically. But interestingly enough. 
Andy is very resilient. Like, mm-hmm. he does not get, even though I'm sure some of these things hate him and he seems like someone who's very emotional with what he has to deal with, mm-hmm. he's not someone who's just going to, like, hide, like... You oh, know. no, he bounces back almost immediately because he knows he's right. Like, he knows yeah. that he knows Chucky's out to kill him or kill his friends and family, right? Which is very on-brand for Andy Barkley in the Child's Play franchise. So, he ends up stealing the kid who he fought. He steals his phone. And so he can track uh, Chucky, who's stalking uh, Doreen. Meanwhile, Doreen is essentially tortured inside of the Kaslin car and driven around until she finally crashes. Yep. And then as she lay there kind of like bleeding and injured and stuff, Chucky jumps her and stabs her to death. In the jump scare that actually made me jump. Oh, yeah, that one got me too. (laughs) I I was really like, oh, shit, that one finally got me. Um, finally, like, in the last act of the movie, um, Chucky plays, like, clips of him killing Doreen to torture Andy, and Andy ends up, like, smashing up his, his his apartment building. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Detective Mike, you know, he uncovers his mom's... Uh, or he goes to the crime scene of his mom's Which corpse. Which sucks. Like, this is a death that, like, it, it you know, you didn't want to happen. This Do- is where the stakes get higher now. Doreen isn't in many scenes, but she's actually really likable. Yeah. And... And Detective Mike is so likable as well. By you feel for him. That you feel absolutely heartbroken for him because he cries like a kid. He like, does. You know? Like, I, yeah, that kind of got me. He ugly cries. He does. And it's like, you know, I would not ne- I, w- I had no judgment because I have no clue how I'd react in his situation, you know? And, you know, uh, well, I was about to call her Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> uh, Karen. Karen comes back into the room and she, and she finds, um, she finds... Uh, Andy screaming at the TV, smashing it with a baseball bat, because he feels like he he just wants Chucky gone. So she ends up taking him be to taking him to work with her. Right, because she doesn't want to leave him alone anymore. Yeah. She, I think, both fears for his safety and then at the same time feels like she needs to be watching him. Yeah, because of just how things are going for him right now. Meanwhile, while all of this happens, the Buddy Two launch is eagerly awaited. By us stupid Americans. <laughs> and it's like, it's so weird how ravenous people get over fucking new releases of anything. Of anything. Because not only is this something that you see with every new iPhone or every new product that everyone wants. Like, even The Simpsons did an episode on this where they did the Malibu Stacy. Funzo? Oh. No, Malibu Stacy, where like, <laughs> where all they do with the Mal- Malibu Stacy doll is introduce it with a hat. And then Lisa was like, you're not concerned that they're selling you the same doll? And then Mr. Smithers looks and says, but this one's got a hat! And they all like, <laughs> and they all front <laughs> after it? <laughs> like, it's just peak consumerism. Yeah. Like, and it's the manipulation of consumers, right? Like, to make you think you have to have this. Well, also the fact that now we live in a very disposable culture, right? Like, we don't fix things anymore. And I say this also again. Someone who works in IT. Mm-hmm. Computers, when most offices and companies were utilizing desktop computers, it was something where you could replace parts inside a computer and swap it out. And you would make a machine that might last for five years, last for seven or eight years. 
that's not how that works anymore. As we get more mobile and we get into tablets and laptops, the hardware on these devices is built so specifically that if something gets damaged in the product, like you, you're either going to buy, buy a brand new hard drive and rebuild the thing from scratch, or most commonly what people do, buy a new computer. So yeah. all of our technology now becomes disposable, which is both harmful to the environment and then also just doesn't make any sense that we buy stuff that just is not meant to last long. Anymore. Man, fuck the environment. <laughs> I want me a new laptop. <laughs> but, um, oh my God, dude. So in the last act of the movie, everything fucking goes apeshit. <laughs> yeah. So, because I mean, the kids they they get onto the app on the the uh, the Kathleen app on the phone. They discover that Andy was telling the truth, so they are pull it, putting all their issues aside and going to save rescue their friend. They're like, we got to go save him. He wasn't stupid and wrong. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, meanwhile, Chucky finds out that he has the new power to copy himself to everything. Yeah, and becomes Johnny Depp in that shitty movie where he becomes AI. <laughs> he essentially like transcendence. Now, there we go. He essentially can now clone himself to every new uh, buddy doll. So he takes control of buddy dolls and he grabs a bunch of drones and t- ties knives to the ends of the blades <laughs> and uses them to kamikaze into people in the crowd and just like causes utter chaos. Yeah. It was fucking wild, bro! (laughs) (laughs) And also, at the same time, uh, Detective Mike goes to arrest Andy in the middle of the store while all this chaos is occurring. So Andy is now handcuffed to, like, you know, the shelf. And I was surprised by the fact that they take out Detective Mike so quickly. Uh, Yeah, like, I was very surprised. He fucking catches one of those, like, death drones right to the neck. (laughs) And had blood coming out of his mouth and everything. Yep, I was like, yep, he did. And then, uh, yeah, like, it was just so fucking wild. Um, I love that scene where the manager gets stabbed <laughs> while he's wearing the, the, the buddy costume. Mm-hmm. And when he takes the mask off, it just sprays all <laughs> over the little girl. <laughs> yeah, that was something that looked like it was out of a Tarantino or Rob Zombie yeah! or something. Like it's, it, that was a horror comedy moment. It was so fucking stupid and goofy. I couldn't <laughs> help but laugh, dude. This movie was good with the laughs. Like, there were a lot of comical moments. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't anything that felt like... Uh, it wasn't it anything wasn't out that of felt place. out of place. Yeah. Um, it was definitely not forced gags, but yeah. As and now and now, uh, Chucky kidnaps uh, Karen and has her in the warehouse. So this is where we're like kind of in Child's Play 2 territory. Yep. Because now there's all these buddy dolls that are in the warehouse still. And uh, Andy ends up locking himself into the store. Very Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween very, H2O. Yep. His he, friends are <laughs> trying to convince him to run out so they can call the cops. And uh, I think Felon was the one that was killing the the Chucky dolls mm-hmm. with like a weird, like a buzzsaw thing, and like that cool hatchet thing. Yeah. And they end up. Uh, she ends up leaving it behind. Andy grabs it, kicks the kicks the shopping cart that was keeping the doors open, so that it's just him and Chucky. So he goes into the back, and or he goes into the back of the store, and he. Tries to, tries to, uh, you know, hunt Chucky down, right? And he sees Karen, 
being, you know, tied up. And as he approaches to try to save her, he sees a Chucky doll that he thinks is the Chucky he needs to worry about. Turns out it was a fake, and he gets knocked upside the head. Well, apparently his hearing aid is a Kaslan product as well, oh, because right. Chucky is able to talk to him directly into his ear, which is frightening. That's fucking terrible, dude. Yeah. That's fucking so scary. Like, Chucky knows how to play games with him. And, to be honest, Chuck, uh, Andy is probably the guy who taught him all this stuff. Yep. I mean, I don't know if he taught him to be an, an omnipotent demi-murder god, but he was pretty close to it. So, we have the final confrontation, and Chucky ties a noose around uh, Karen. Karen's neck. Which, very interesting, at the very beginning of the film, she when uh, when Andy oh, didn't yeah. like yep. Chucky, she pretends to choke herself. Yeah. <laughs> so, kind of like foreshadowing how she's, you know, in this predicament right. now. Chucky probably saw this. Yeah, that's what's crazy, right? Yeah. Is that he probably saw this and assumed he would use it at some point. And he does. He ties the end of the rope to a forklift, and as a as the forklift like prongs raise up, they start pulling the, the, the rope along with Karen with him. So Chucky and Andy start fighting and before Andy can or before Chucky can stab Andy, Andy starts singing the buddy song yep. to try to like, you know, remind him of their friendship. And he ends up fighting Chucky off so that he can go save Karen. Mm-hmm. And he manages to cut Karen down after Chucky climbs back up and attacks him. Uh, the three of them come tumbling down. And finally, um, Andy's able to put an end to the nightmare. And he stabs the Chucky doll right in the chest. And as it dies, screaming, you know, I loved you. Mm-hmm. Um you know they they have they have this reun, reunion moment, but suddenly final jump scare. Final jump scare. Chucky has to come flying out of nowhere right at Andy and gets caught in the middle of the air. Gets shot by good old Mister Detective Mike. Detective Mike <laughs> with the very poignant line, "This is the end," which is from Child's Play. That really, is, it is. Um, so in in. In the original Child's Play movie, mm-hmm. Chucky dies in the fireplace. Yeah, I remember And that. what he says to Andy right before is he says, but I'm your friend to the end. And that's when Andy looks at him and says, but this is the end, friend. And that's when he throws him into the, into the fireplace. Oh, so shit. What I loved about that scene is that it just brought back the line from yep. the original film. So he manages to pick off the... the pick off the chucky and our heroes managed to get saved and and thankfully they could have turned this into a thing like in the original child's play series where no one believed them after this thing incident happened no it was so big but it's so big and this thing is likely uploaded into the cloud somewhere Mm -hmm. that it's recoverable and it's gonna spread and people are gonna see it and it likely went viral yeah like you know it's just everyone knew about it and the company assumed zero responsibility for it which is another they yeah just (laughs) like any other fucking super corp out there there. Yeah. But Kaslin ends up recalling all Chucky dolls and the film ends with one of the uh good guy doll or I'm sorry, one of the buddy dolls 
his eyes turning red, much like the way Chucky's were before mm-hmm. he went murdery. And end credits. And end credits. And, I mean, not much else to say other than Angel. Did we like Ch- uh, Child's Play 2019? Uh, I had to say I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Child's Play is, again, like I said in the beginning of this episode, it's not really a movie that I was that crazy about. I watched it as an older, like, I watched it as an older teenager, and I was much more into The Exorcist, Halloween, Hellraiser. Like, to me, those quote-unquote serious horror movies are much more my flavor. Mm -hmm. This was just something that I couldn't buy into the reality of it, but I think because this movie was able to let me buy into the reality of it, because the characters felt real enough, the situations felt real enough, this felt like it was a world that I could believe in... And besides anything else, this movie was short. Yep. And it did not overstay its welcome. I just can't tell you how much I enjoyed the experience of watching this because I just got out of the theater at a relatively good time. Like, I'm sick of the fact that every movie feels like it needs to be two and a half hours long now. Yep. So what really works in this film's favor is its length. Yep. And minimal jump scares. Yeah. One thing I really liked about this film uh, is that they were able to they were doing they did a really good job of creating like really eerie scenes, and a big part of it was the fact that they were using something pretending to be human. It makes sense that the producers of this film were the same ones that produced it. Oh, because totally. it had that same thing. It did not. It did not live solely on jump scares. It wasn't jump scare the movie where like it was just two hours. It wasn't a conjuring film. Yeah, it was just <laughs> throwing shade. <laughs> Fuck you. It was just something that um, where where it would show you enough disturbing imagery to where it it kind of gives it an iconography. Like I'll remember this movie at the end of the year oh, totally. because it had enough in it that that you know that I can quote. Yep. Uh, the song, I think, will be stuck in my head, and I'll remember it. <laughs> I can't wait to teach my goddaughter that song <laughs> and so that she can sing it and frighten you. So, what did you think of the movie? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good popcorn flick. I think it was... I love that it came out at the same time as Toy Story 4, because yeah. they had the whole marketing campaign where Chucky's killing all the toys from yeah. Toy Story. <laughs> I thought it was just a really... It was a really good horror movie. It was a really fun horror movie, as weird as that sounds. Like you said, it was really short, maybe 90 minutes. You're in and you're out. It's not a fucking... And it's not dense. Like, the plot isn't too much... doesn't have too much going on. I mean, yeah, it's a little preachy, I guess, if you want to talk about, like, the subject matter. But I felt like it made a poignant point. Um, I would totally recommend... You know, the only thing is that I would would totally recommend this movie. Catch it on a matinee day if you can. Catch it for very cheap if possible and watch it quickly because i don't think it's going to be in theaters for that long oh totally this is this is probably i give it to the end of the month well i mean not end of the month but end of july well especially because next week like next tuesday spider-man far from home comes out yeah there's gonna be a lot of things coming out that's gonna take up a lot more space in uh in these movie theaters so definitely catch it while you can But, again, try to get it for cheap, though. (laughs) All right, so thanks for joining us for this episode of the show, and we hope you guys, if you've seen the film, have enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, Please continue to interact with us on social media. Um, and please give us reviews. You know, we are now very knee deep into the Star Wars series. Uh, Next week, our film review is going to be Rogue One, a Star Wars story. 
So, uh, please let us know how the show is going. Let us know what other movies you'd like us to review. And um, continue to download our show. We are inching closely to a giant milestone, which is a thousand downloads. Oh, shit! So, I, you know, I like to thank everyone who's been downloading our episodes regularly, interacting with us regularly, and uh, spreading the spreading word of the show um, so that we can gain a bigger audience. Tell your moms, tell your friends, tell your friends' moms. <laughs> Let them know that the Do We Like Movies guys are almost at a thousand downloads. <laughs> so, uh, until next time, I'm Angel. And I'm Javi. Later, turds!